and welcome to our show. You are listening to What's the Tea with Reconciliation Ministry. Twice a month, we sit down with guests to have conversations about the intersection of faith and social justice. I am April Johnson, Executive Director of Reconciliation Ministry, and I am your host. Hello and welcome to What's the Tea with Reconciliation Ministry. My name is Brittany King, filling in for April as the host today. We are joined by Tahil Sharma of Brave New Films. Brave New Films is a nonpartisan, nonprofit, 501c3 organization with a mission to create and distribute educational films. Past films have covered topics of trauma, immigration, and mass incarceration, which are all issues that are very important to Reconciliation Ministry, as well as the Disciples Church. Today, like I said, I'm here with Tahil Sharma, the Faith Outreach Manager for Brave New Films. He also serves as an interfaith minister in residence for the Episcopal Diocese of Los Angeles. And we are so thankful to have him on the podcast today. So welcome. Thank you so much, Brittany. I'm happy to be here. Great. So tell me a little bit more about yourself, like what what your job at Brave New Films entails. How'd you get started in that? Sure, absolutely. Um, So hi, everyone. I'm Tahil. Uh, I was born and raised here in Los Angeles. Um, I was born to an interreligious family. Uh, my father's side of the family is Hindu, and my mother's side of the family is Sikh. Um, and growing up in LA obviously meant that I was exposed to hyperdiversity. I like to say um, there was nothing around me that wasn't unique or different or, or sort of special, and it gave me a chance to really just see how rich our mosaic was as a nation, but also as a world. Um, But I really started getting involved in this work in activism when in 2012, a white supremacist walked into a Sikh temple uh, in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, and began shooting at the congregation. Um, For many of us, this story is becoming all too familiar and all too normalized with the many houses of worship that are being attacked. And that sort of became my catalyst for the work that I wanted to do in faith activism, not only challenging the narrative of white supremacy and nationalism, but also looking at solidarity as a very rich experience that extends beyond my community. Um, I kind of understood that human history hasn't been a stranger to injustice, so it means I have all the more reason to step on the front lines when any and every community gets marginalized in the process. Um, And I've been doing that for the past almost seven years now. Um, I've been doing it in this new capacity here at Brave New Films since October 2018. Um, It was a job that I actually found on a search on Idealist uh, two hours before the deadline. (laughs) And sure enough, uh, it ended up being the perfect fit because as someone who hosts workshops and has to do lectures in different communities, uh, to have a medium to talk about these issues and the intersection of our faith and spirituality um, is really impactful because I come from an activist world and I come from a contemplative religious, religious perspective. And sometimes with our conversations on church and state, we never s- want to look at the intersection because we know how uncomfortable it is. We know how difficult it is to talk about politics in religious spaces. And what I like to tell people is remember that 
you can't approach it through a lens of partisanship, which is usually what the goal is for a lot of political parties and platforms. We have to look at it from the perspective of moral urgency, that the dignity and the humanity of people are at stake, and therefore it's incumbent upon us as people of faith, as people of spiritual and moral conscience, to focus on those issues and actually fix them because it's our God-given duty to do so. Yes, I love what you, I love what you said. I've loved everything you said, but I love what you said at the end there. It, it is our God-given duty, you know, like it's what we were called to do, but also just as a human to treat others with humanity is the basis of really every religion. Right. Um, and certainly white supremacist rhetoric directly attacks that. Yes. Um, so talk a little bit more about your work, like specifically at Brave New Films. Like what is a, maybe not a typical day, but like what are some of the more exciting things that you get to do? Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I sort of get to do even more of what I was already doing. So I'm able to stand on the front lines of a lot of major protests and demonstrations. I'm able to go into more faith communities and really delve into these deeper conversations on what, how does mass incarceration affect the general public when it's already run as a deeply racist system? How does immigration impact us when not only do we have a significant percentage of immigrants in the United States, but we continue to handle new crises with situations at the border because of asylum seekers uh, to the ability of the undocumented being at risk of detention and being deported. Um, and the plethora of these issues just really boils down to, you know, we focus on storytelling here for all of the individuals that get impacted by these systems. And I basically serve as the translator for, okay, here's this political language, and I'm gonna make it into a, the a theological and social language so that our communities can better understand why it may directly or indirectly impact them. And it's been really fun because it's kind of a way to tackle the issues that, you know, again, always get pushed under the rug because we never feel like we're ready. But it's kind of the point that we as people of faith need to bring our our spirituality, our identities, and our faith systems and belief systems to the public square. And they're not just meant to be in the pews and the pulpits. Right. Do you run into that a lot in, in the spaces that you inhabit? Not even just with this job, but even like, um, like what you do for the Diocese of Los Angeles, like that there's this like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, even in a place as diverse as Los Angeles, that people are kind of like, maybe we should just be quieter, quieter, quieter about it, yeah. Um, through the, the diocese, actually, we're really encouraged not to do that. We're told like, just go for what you need to do. And if it happens, okay. If not, it's also okay. Um, they give us a flexibility and a capacity to really you know, function as sort of people representing our own faiths, but also as people serving the diocese, which, which means we have every sense of being bridge builders. And sometimes those bridges can be a little, you know, not so well foundationed. So yeah. <laughs> we, try to, we try to figure that out. Um, on the other hand, though, I think on a very general basis, I think I've become accustomed to handling that challenge that I don't really see it as something I want to avoid. I want to embrace it even more. Um, and I know that gets me in trouble. So I mean, it's a no, gift. <laughs> I, I love that attitude. And actually, um, I, I wonder what, what advice you have for 
others that maybe don't have the outlook as you where it's like I should embrace it I should embrace embrace the uncomfortable we should participate more in these conversations that try to separate church and state like what Mm -hmm. advice do you have for congregations for believers even people interfaith like people that don't consider themselves Christian like how Mm -hmm. can they kind of lean in more to these conversations and these issues of activism even if it's not necessarily like going to a protest like what else could that look like yeah sure um so I think at a very basic level, people need to recognize that one of the biggest things that needs to change in our narrative is our capability of speaking for the sake of actually being engaged in conversation. Unfortunately, due to the modern body politic, uh, due to a lot of the partisanship that takes place across the board, um, I don't think anyone has really gotten themselves free from this like political circus that we're involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes very important to really sit and listen actively to the person that you're sitting across from that might disagree with you. And people don't really see that because how we engage in conversation now about these issues is we want to get our point across and we want to win the argument. If you're always going to approach everything with an argument to try to win it, then why bother having the conversation? Right. And ultimately, it's going to boil down to us recognizing that there isn't one solution. There isn't a panacea to this plethora of problems, whether you look at it on a system or an issues basis, or whether you look at it on a community basis. Not every place is going to have the same solution to the same problem. And we just have to admit that and contextualize it accordingly, or else we're not going to be able to get through the issue as we want to. Um, and I think as, as, as religious and spiritual communities, um, there is a lot of nuance that goes with talking about these issues because some of these issues are unspoken, but very, very clear. Um, we are no stranger to the to the racism and the colorism that happens in faith communities. We're no stranger to the patriarchy that takes over. Um, basically, historically, of how the institution of religion works, um, and the fact that people think it's 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 such an immense thing to challenge it is actually not as big of a challenge as it is actually you know, theologically supported. It's, you know, if we are to recognize the human, the humanity and equality of all things, that means you have to be at the, at the, at the forefront. It doesn't matter. Well, actually, I hate saying this. I always like to say it doesn't matter who you are. It actually does. Yes. It actually yes. does. Yes. <laughs> say more about I, that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, is, this is something that I've been tackling a lot. These this past year, actually, there's this narrative that, you know, we're all one, we're all equal, we're all a part of this beautiful mosaic. Um, And sometimes that mosaic can be very dismissive. Uh, There's this idea that, oh, we don't care who you are as long as you're a good person. We don't care who you are as long as you believe this, this, and this. Well, there's a problem with that. You're actually not emphasizing the point that that person has had different experiences, different contexts, um, and different struggles than you, and has still arrived at the same convictions and conclusions. If you're not willing to put the effort in actually learning about another person and where they come from, I wouldn't bother, bother with that narrative. What you're talking about is not a narrative of oneness as a, uh, as a promotion of equality. It's a notion of oneness to, to support sameness. Yeah. 
The status and, quo. Yes, the status quo. That, oh, we're just all human beings. You don't need to cause a ruckus. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no. I mean, if that was the case, then you're ignoring, like, the past thousand years of history. Right. How and, Christianity was founded. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, it, and it doesn't dismiss, you know, the, the very real fact that this is a reality for every community that's religious and spiritual. Um, and if we look at it through the secular lens, it's the ability to afford democracy, the ability to be able to uh, reign over major parts of land, of all of that kind of stuff. And I think ultimately, if you don't recognize any of that, then don't bother with saying that you care, that we believe the same thing, because you don't. You yeah. just want us to believe the same thing so we don't, don't cause trouble. Yeah. And we need to cause good trouble. Yeah, you have to. That's the yeah. only way the needle gets moved. I agree. Right. Exactly. Um, I want to switch or shift gears just a little bit. And if you could talk about the upcoming film about Georgia's 2018 election, right. um, a little bit about that. I don't know if our listeners know, but um, very contentious <laughs> election in Georgia in 2018, some voter mm-hmm. suppression happening. So I'm really glad you guys are, are doing uh, a project on this. Absolutely. Um, so for most of the people who might be aware, we had an election last November. <laughs> It seems like we can never escape an election cycle anymore. Um, But I think it's important to remember that this is why we have to talk about it. Because we are supposed to be an engaged political body. We are a democracy at the end of the day, which means if we want to be represented, we need to make sure we're represented. And if there wasn't a better example of how that's not happening, uh, it's Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we learned that aside from the, the competition for governor between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams, we learned about numerous stories of communities and of individuals who were not able to vote. And the fact that there is this voter suppression that genuinely exists, not the existence of a false narrative that says illegal immigrants voted, um, that that try to come up here in California a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's telling us that there is an opportunity to um, ask for that representation. At the end of the day, we're, we're, we're trying to challenge a system that was supposed to represent us only for us to realize like, oh no, they just want our money and they're literally like running with it. And we come up with scenarios like, uh, voting booths and centers being shut down, uh, people being denied the ability to vote because their ballot went missing. Um, they were told that they could do a certain kind of ballot and that ended up not getting approved. Their name or their signature did not meet any exact criteria and that got denied. I mean, the stories are never ending. And I think for us as, as religious communities, we know that we are a very pro- powerful voting bloc in the United States. Um, Christianity particularly, but across the board faith communities are looking to turn up to the booths because we bring our values and we sort of share our perspectives there. But the fact that our democracy is being very openly challenged and it's winning the battle should be a cause for concern of every person of faith. Because when we're trying to show that every person's voice matters, it should be considered and should be honored by our elected officials, but you're literally taking away sections and communities from being able to voice their concerns, you also take away their opportunity to progress. Exactly. Oh, 
And hopefully within the, the 35, 40 minute um, piece that we create, we're able to do that because a lot of these stories are very simple. They're not, they're not anything out of like the ordinary. And that's kind of the point. It's this is happening in mass. A lot of people are being purged of their ability to vote. And that means we have all the more reason to check if ours is even being accepted, let alone trying to make sure that we can put the checks and balances back into that system. Exactly. It's difficult to say we're living in a democracy when things like this are happening. And of course, it's not just Georgia, but Georgia was definitely a, a big one in, in last year's election. And it's an important, it'll be an important film for people to spend time with ahead of the 2020 election. Absolutely. Um, so I, I want to thank you so much for, for everything. I've loved this conversation. I've appreciated it. I want to make sure our audience can find you guys and support you guys in monetarily, whatever way they feel. Um, what, are, what are some of the best ways that listeners can do that? Sure. So if everyone and anyone wanted to visit, they could go to bravenewfilms.org mm -hmm. to check out all of the films that we have available. Um, aside from this voter suppression one coming out, we do cover issues like mass incarceration, immigrant prisons, bail reform, um, you name it, we've probably done some video or film series on it. All of these resources are free to use. And we want to make that very clear because we want to make it as accessible to you as possible to show these films in your communities. All we ask is you let us know when and where you show the film and to give us the feedback that we really need. Uh, I can't stress enough how important it is for us to uh, hear how you feel, hear about what you learn, and how these films actually inspire, inspire you to become civically engaged. Um, for donations, you can um, go to bravenewfilms.org slash donate. Um, you can find us on social media by typing in Brave New Films. And if you're looking for me personally, um, you can go to Tahil Sharma on Facebook. Um, you can uh, type in my uh, handle for Twitter and Instagram, which are Interfake Man. And uh, you can go to my email, which is Tahil, T-A-H-I-L, at bravenewfilms.org. Great, and we will make sure to put all that information in the description box as well, just in case you guys didn't get it fast enough. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brittany. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, that's our show for today. Stay connected with us on social media. We're at DLC Reconcile on Twitter, Reconciliation Ministry on Facebook and on our website at reconciliationministry.org. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you so much for listening.